Welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. This week, we'll have our last look back on 2020, and we're going to focus on Kickstarters, mostly the games that had Kickstarter projects launching in 2020. We'll probably talk about a few games that fulfilled this year as well. And since this is a pretty broad topic, we'll probably end with a We'll probably end with plenty of tangents as well. <laughs> I love how you pre-read all that stuff. <laughs> but- <laughs> the sad thing is, I did. I did pre-read it. This is- <laughs> My ability to read is getting worse and worse as life goes on. No, that makes sense. But we also want to thank our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, and the Gift of Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. And to say a special thanks to our newest patron, who I forgot last week, who's been in our live audience every week for the past half a dozen or so, Sir Sully, also known as John. Um, and a huge <laughs> thanks to all of our other patrons as well. Okay, so this is, and I had to write this in the notes, otherwise I would have forgotten, this is Christmas week. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Christmas is, as we record, four days away. As you listen to this, three days away. And if you haven't done all your Christmas shopping and you want to order it online, don't do that because the post office will deliver it super, super slow. It's too um, late. It's too late. <laughs> Amazon Prime might be all right if you're in a big city. They they tend to be still pretty good. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I did send out a card and a package this morning that I think will get there. The post office says it'll be there by the 24th. Um, but again, I don't trust it. I see so much. I'm really bummed because my Christmas cards say they're arriving between the 22nd and the 26th, despite ordering the same, the same time we did last year. And they got there like on the 20th last year. I haven't got a so. Christmas card. <sighs> well, you're on the list. I don't think well, Fletcher is, though, because uh, we don't like him as much. <laughs> I got or Fletcher's because- Christmas card. <laughs> I'm on the poop list. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he's on the, on the, on the do the not give list. card to list <laughs> Fletcher's, Fletcher and Carmen are currently stuck to the side of my refrigerator right underneath Zachary's Halloween face <laughs> <laughs> and Sydney and I have not started doing Christmas cards yet but I, I think next it, week I'm literally going to pull the trigger <laughs> I know I'm not no well we've never done them at all I've never done them but I think I'm going to start gathering a list and we're going to start doing Christmas cards checking check it, it twice, twice? <laughs> I'm going to check it twice because I'm going to start with our wedding <laughs> list <Virtual> high five <laughs> yeah <laughs> I have to come out of my blanket <laughs> uh, but yeah like now that we have two kids and it seems I, I love getting the little postcard Christmas cards or whatever and just having like the picture and Mm -hmm. those decorate my refrigerator so it's one of our favorite activities is going through the last year's worth of pictures and picking our favorites yeah i'm super looking forward to doing that it's just this year has been a mess and i don't think about it until i start getting cards from everybody and i'm like oh man i really wanted to do that this year and now it's too late christmas and terrence just mentioned that the the wedding Yeah. Well, Terrence mentions in chat, like the wedding invite list is a good place to start, which should have been when we started because we have a list of like 200 addresses. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what I need to check twice is I need to go through that and say, okay, who's going to still, who's still living where they live and who do I need to get updated addresses from? So, yeah. Um, Also, as we record, this is December 21st. um, It's Irene's birthday. So, Kitty and Fletcher both know Irene. But what's more interesting about it... But nobody else doesn't listen to our podcast. (laughs) But what's what's more interesting about it is it's the darkest day of the year. 
So this, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's actually the winter solstice. I just know it's the darkest day of the year. Um, it is the winter solstice. Yeah. Yep. So it's technically the first day of winter. Well, it's cold, um, but it hasn't snowed yet in Illinois, really. Like, at least stuck. not where we it's live. It's snowed a couple times. Hasn't yeah, it hasn't there. really stuck around for more than a day. It, it dustings don't count. It doesn't count until it sticks through the day. It's yeah, still we had enough. In Texas, we could. We, we built counting. a snowman. <laughs> in, in Texas, you'd call it an apocalypse. <laughs> Is there snow falling School from the sky? Then yet, if yes, then it's snowing. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong, I tell you. John is showing us outside in Michigan. I think John's from Michigan. Um, It is definitely snow on the ground. But it looks like about a half inch or so. But yeah, I'm looking forward to... It won't count unless it's still there in the morning. Yeah, well, (laughs) that's the thing. Normally, I go to Michigan for Christmas. And the last couple of years, it's like it hasn't snowed until Christmas Eve. And then Mm -hmm. we get like, you know, a foot of snow on Christmas Eve. I'm like, that is 100% fine. I am always fine with snow on Christmas Eve. You're just not allowed to snow past Christmas Day. That's the only rule I have. It's totally fine. Yeah, nature does not listen to me on that one, though. Um, you guys have any real Christmas plans? No. <laughs> We're going out to uh, spend an isolated Christmas in Michigan with Spencer's mom. So, Which I can attest to is very, very isolated. I'm pretty sure there's three different dirt roads you have to drive on to get there. Uh, just the one dirt road. I count her driveway as a dirt road. It's very long. (laughs) No, that's actually a road. That is a dirt road to get to her house. Her driveway becomes paved after the dirt road. Well, that's useful. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I want to be classier than everything else around me. That's her. Yeah. Fletcher, your parents are coming into town or your mom's coming into town. My parents are coming into town. Yeah. Your parents? Um, they're just going to yeah. spend uh, just a few days with us. That's pretty much it. Yeah. We are doing... So, Sydney's mom is Jewish. Um, her dad is not, and they did Christmas when he was young. But uh, for Sydney, she hasn't really had a Christmas celebration. They haven't done Christmas in general. Um, well, she loves Christmas. She loves Christmas music. She loves just Christmas in general, the whole idea, the lights, all of that. So, we are probably... Well, not we're probably... Um, so Sydney's mom, we just got done doing Hanukkah. So now if we say present, Zachary just starts yelling Hanukkah, 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 Hanukkah. <laughs> and he's looking for presents. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, you're going to get really confused when it's all of a sudden Christmas, which I'm certain he's going to call Hanukkah, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ninth day of Hanukkah. Yeah, it's the ninth day of Hanukkah. <laughs> it's, the, it's the biggest loot day. Um, but Sydney's mom said, Hey, you, you've been so good with doing all the Jewish stuff. We want to do Christmas Eve. And this year I'm like a hundred percent fine. No problem. Christmas Eve. Um, cause we're not going any place, but Christmas Eve tradition in my family was always, we get to open a gift on Christmas Eve. And then we went to bed and, you know, woke up for Santa in the morning, etc. Um, so that's what we're doing this year is Christmas Eve is at Sydney's parents' house. And then Christmas morning is going to be here, and then they're going to come over, and we're going to just open way too many presents, because... We were always allowed to open our Christmas pajamas for my grandma on Christmas Eve. Was it a bunny suit? (laughs) She would sew us all matching flannel nightgowns. We got to... Worse? (laughs) Yeah, we got to pick one present, 
and we would shake them, would like pick up the boxes and shake them and just find the heaviest thing because if it was too light, it was probably socks and we did not want to open <laughs> socks on Christmas Eve. So, um, we didn't have that many choices because my mom never actually bothered wrapping our gifts before Christmas Eve. <laughs> she just like stayed up in a panic until one in the morning and then was really unpleasant all day on Christmas. That's really the best way to go. Our rule when we were growing up was you were allowed to wake up and you could open up your stocking at any point. Like you could do that, but you could not wake up. We couldn't wake up our parents until like 830. Until then. We were not allowed to wake anyone up until 8 a.m. And we were not allowed downstairs until that point. Oh, no, we 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 negotiated this with our parents. Like, fine, you can open up your stockings and which kept us totally occupied. Like we were completely (laughs) fine with that. So it was good. And the the stocking tradition is like something I want to pull forward because I remember being a kid. It's like, okay, well, we have to wait for mom and dad to wake up. But look at these stockings and you get like Hot Wheels or whatever and candy and stuff in the stocking. And like that'll occupy us for a couple hours. And then Christmas presents and, you know, only the last one matters. Terrence Terrence says... (laughs) John, uh, John says... Oh. Go ahead. I was going to say, Terrence says that he they're having uh, prime rib roast for Christmas Day. And actually, we're doing the same thing, too. Prime rib. We're going to make prime rib. Yeah, we're having barbecue for Christmas Eve. Um, that's I told Sydney's mom, I'm like, I'm more than happy to come over. She's like, oh, we'll do dinner. I don't think I could do a ham because Jewish yeah. pig. <laughs> I'm like, you don't have to do a ham. But if you want to do like city barbecue or something, I'm all for that. And she's like, oh, yeah, we can do that. I'm like, all right, brisket for brisket. Christmas Eve dinner. It's totally yep. a Jewish thing. I'm all in on that. John says he had to make a cup of coffee before he could wake up his parents. <laughs> I might actually institute that rule. It's like, you go downstairs, With open your stocking. With it's so easy for kids to make your parents coffee. I have a video of Zach doing it when he was like 18 months old. So Yeah, but you have a Nespresso. By himself. Eh. He, and he can knows how to use that too. He gets very upset if there's not milk in it. So but I'm saying like that is like literally time. like one button. It is one button. Well, it's three buttons, but not really because if you hit the cappuccino button on the espresso, <laughs> you just press the start and it just auto selects everything else. It's awesome. Um, and that's just a, I love my Kirk machine. I do. Okay, um, I'm going to talk about Weight Watchers next year, next year, next week. Because Sydney and I started that today, but it's been... It's almost next year. Yeah, it's been literally one day. So um, this we are actually going to talk about 2020 Kickstarters in this episode. It's not just going to be Christmas reminiscing. But next week, we're going to talk about what we're looking forward to. I'm doing my show notes right now, so keep (laughs) talking. Oh, for this this week? Yeah. So next week, we're going to (laughs) do what we're looking forward to in 2021. So we'll talk about, you know, resolutions, which I don't think any of us actually have, but... Um, just really <laughs> what we're looking forward to in 2020 not being in existence anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what what we're looking forward to in 2021 not being in 2020. <laughs> not being in 2020. Boom. Show done. All right. Now let's do this episode. <laughs> okay. So oh, I have to text you the movie time. Oh, okay, right. So you can put it in the show notes. Um, yes. So actually we're going to mention it this episode and we'll mention it again next episode. So, I don't remember if we were on or off air last time when we talked about this. I think it was off air. <laughs> I think air, we right? were off air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was, you should join our live audience so you can yes. know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Kitty and I have been doing a New Year's tradition for the last four years now. I think we decided it was four years. Three years. Three this years. This will be our fourth year. Okay. This will be our fourth year. And the way this works is we pick a movie 
and we pick a line in the movie, typically near the end-ish of the movie, so you can yeah. keep watching it. But you time the movie to start so that the line in the movie is your New Year's is here type of thing. And yes. our first year was... So we did it without you one year. We did The Princess Bride. No, no, no. Um, I was there the, for The Princess Bride. You definitely were not. We were alone in our apartment. It was just me <laughs> and Spencer. I was very pregnant and very miserable. It could have been the cameras I had installed. Um, <laughs> but I was there in spirit and stalker spirit. Maybe. Were you still living in the building then? I might have been. All I know is have maybe, fun storming maybe the castle. Like, yeah. Have fun yeah. storming the castle was the first year we did. And then the next year we did Ghostbusters. And it was, if somebody asks you if you're a god, right, you say yes. Yep. And then last year we <laughs> dared 2020 to come at us with So It Begins from The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. And 2020 came at us too hard. So this year <laughs> we are blowing up the Death Star at midnight. And that is going to be our ring in the new year. The Death Star will explode at midnight. So yeah, anyone who Wars. wants to join us, the time to start the movie down to the second will be in the show notes. Yeah. Well, not I calculated not this week. it we'll, out. Did you calculate it this? You already have it I already? Did. I've <laughs> already got it. So I'll put it in this show notes and I'll put it in next show notes. Um, but yeah, so this is Star Wars New Hope. We'll tell you exactly when to start it on the clock so the Death Star explodes on New Year's Day. Um, which version, ring or no ring? Um, it is going to be the one that is currently on Disney Plus. That is correct. So we are we're doing Kitty's family. We're doing a my Disney family. Plus watch party. Yeah, we're doing a watch party. So that'll be the Disney Plus version of it, which is whatever the most edited version you can get of it. <laughs> now with more edits. <laughs> now with more edits, <laughs> basically. All right. So <laughs> that is fifteen minutes. Of talking about not Kickstarter. <laughs> Wait, I have, I have one more we, thing. Did we talk about? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Did we talk about the drawing contest at all last week and what we actually drew? Uh, um, we put it out so the document did, with the pictures. Yeah, so I did put a link in the show notes. Um, thanks for someone who emailed me. I normally know these off the top of my head, but uh, I'm sorry, but I didn't put it in originally. And then someone emailed me early on Tuesday and said, hey, I didn't see the link in there. So I quickly added it. So anyone who looked later in the morning will will see it there. (laughs) But it's a Google Doc and it goes all the way through. So yeah, what Kitty was describing, Kitty's was probably the hardest because... Yep, I was ready. (laughs) Yeah, you were describing a kind of a miniature grandfather clock. And I only say grandfather because it had, you know, lots it of has a years pen- underneath it's a, the clock. It's a glass pendulum clock. Yeah. And it Ta- has the, it's the a fancy... glass pendulum clock. Yeah. Yes. It's my tabletop game clock. <laughs> tabletop game clock. I like it. <laughs> and, and it Fletcher... actually was my grandmother's. It's... Oh, it's, and it's very clock. nice. And a lot of people got pretty close. Um mm-hmm. So look into last week's notes if you want to see all these images. And then Fletcher, <laughs> you drew a... A spirit level. Which just happened to be sitting on your desk? Yeah, because we were doing uh, remodeling stuff. So I, there was a spirit level. Otherwise, like some people call it like a bubble level or just like a level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just call it a level. Um, um, but yeah, I, I described a spirit level. And, and who was it? It was uh, David Rank, I think. I think yeah, so, yeah. He has the exact same one. He had, yeah. he took, who, who drew it and then took a picture of it and sent them both in. <laughs> it's the exact same thing I was describing. It was actually pretty funny. Like, yep. the exact level. 
And then I described a um, blue, uh, whatever the microphones are. Microphone. Blue Yeti. Yeah, that a Yeti that is that is actually broken. Well, only in the mount. because <laughs> So it's sitting on its side versus standing up because it should stand up. And this one just sits on its side. So I was describing a microphone that was sitting on its side. Um, well, we had a, a lot of awesome entries. So check out the... Uh, the link just again go to last week's episode i probably will not remember to put it in this one because i didn't remember to put it in the last ones to start with so uh <laughs> but that was fun we have to do more games like that i think we're gonna end up finding ways of doing more interactive stuff like that because that's just fun okay now let's talk about kickstarters fletcher you go first what is your favorite kickstarter that you saw this year or backed and <laughs> like why so the notes here for me uh, l- let me quote them. They say Fletcher, nothing as number one, nothing as number two, and if there was a game called Nothing, still not that, which is number three. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I yeah. want to make a game called Nothing. <laughs> mean. Um, I did not back anything on Kickstarter. I don't even think I really even looked at Kickstarter. Um, so yeah, I have nothing on Kickstarter. So this is my. I think I backed one way. thing ever on Kickstarter, like. Well, not even board game related, just one thing I'm, ever. I'm going to let you keep that trend and still back a game, though, because I want you to look at <laughs> ISS Vanguard and I want you to back it okay. because this is exactly the type of game that you will love. This is Star Trek. If this is basically what's it called? ISS Vanguard. It's not on Kickstarter. It's on GameFound. Oh, OK. So GAM. I, I, I searched it on Kickstarter and I was like, hmm, we can't find anything. Yep. So game com, And that's why you can still back this and not be, you can still say I've never backed anything on Kickstarter. Um, ISS Vanguard is from Awakened Realms. Awakened Realms has done, they did Tainted Grail. They did um, Etherfields. They did, uh, I'm missing another one that is really popular. Tainted, I already said Tainted Grail. There's one other one too that's um, <laughs> really popular by them. Um, and These minis look really this, nice. This and you don't even need the miniatures. The miniatures are an upgrade. But ISS Vanguard, and if you listen to DTN, you already know because you heard me talk about this. But it's basically Star Trek in a box. And I think if the gameplay holds up, this has the potential to be like a rival to Gloomhaven in its uniqueness and how far it can you know basically go up that top list. Uh, the story to me just sounds amazing though. Like. The scientists found a star map in our DNA that led us to a giant Dyson sphere that led us on a quest. And that's what you're, you're basically trying to figure out is what this, you know, mystery message is trying to tell us. It looks awesome. So back this. I'm just saying back it. You will not regret it. And you can play it solo or you can play it with Carmen or you can play it solo. No matter what, you're going to have fun with it. So we can talk about why I don't back things in general later, but I'll let you guys go first. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Kitty, you, is this your full list of things you backed? That's my full list of things I backed this year. All right. So Kitty backed seven things. That is true. And two of them are overlapped with you. (laughs) And two of them over, uh, that one. Yes. Two of them overlap. Mm -hmm. And then I backed 37 things. Mm-hmm. Yes, but only 24 games, 11 expansions, and two that I'm classifying as others. I only backed six games and one expansion. 
All right. Well, let me go through a few of the easy ones for me to cover. Um, actually, I'm just going to go through my expansions real quick just to get those off the list. I backed Pyramid Quartet, which I didn't need to back because this is just a repackaging of several games from Pyramid Arcade. But I wanted a designated box for my Homeworlds game. And there's a few other games that they're putting in their own box. So I had to back that. I'm calling that an expansion. Um, I backed Graphic Novel Ad- Adventures Season 3, which I'm going to call that ex- an expansion too. I have received those. I have not done anything with them. I'm saving all the graphic novel adventures for Zachary when he's old enough to like pick the numbers and choose <laughs> with me. So like this is going to be our bedtime reading comic type of thing. Um, I backed the expansion to Cloudspire because I like Cloudspire and it'll grow on me, I'm sure, like too many bones. Um, but I figured I can't pass it up, so I have to buy it. And Railroad Inc., because I love Railroad Inc., and this has a whole bunch of extra stuff. This is one I don't know why I backed this one. It was just the Rise of Tribes expansion. I have Rise of Tribes. It was an okay game. Why I needed the expansion, I don't know, but I'm going to get it. Because you're a completionist with a problem. That is true, 100%. If I had gone to Gen (laughs) Con, I would have given it away already, so I wouldn't have needed to back the expansion. Fun fact. Um. The next one I backed was the Simon Comics Volume 1, and that's so I could get the extra characters for Cthulhu Death May Die. Extra character, I think. No, there's multiple characters in that one. Uh, but yeah, it's not the comics. Everyone backed that campaign made so much money, not for the comics, but just because of all the extra contents you get for the Zombicide. Um, oh, it was Zombicide, Cthulhu Death May Die, and one other one that I'm forgetting that was also pretty popular, and I think a game I own. This next one, I don't know why I did either, which was I backed the Terraforming Mars big box with the 3D tiles. And I'm like, maybe if I deluxify Terraforming Mars, I will like it more. I'm probably going to be wrong on that, but I did it anyway. Um, Then I backed the Reckoners Steel Slayer because I love that book um, or the whole series of the books by Brandon Sanderson. And I have the base game and it's actually pretty good. Then I backed Thunderstone Quest because I have the other ones and I needed it. Again, completionist. Um, I back Cartographers, the expansion, because I it's a roll and write. It's kind of a flip and write, actually. So I backed that one. And then just recently, I back, back the Vindication expansion. Uh, this one, I think it might be done right now, or it might actually still be going. If you've never played Vindication, oh my god, that game is so good. I love... I, I thought it was going to be something it wasn't, and it's just amazing. So those were my expansions. Just the expansions. See, I did 11 things in like three minutes how's that it's pretty quick unexciting (laughs) nobody cares (laughs) all right kitty what is your most anticipated game that you backed this year um sorry i'm adding another one to my list because i just accidentally backed a game while we were talking (laughs) (laughs) that happens (laughs) oh no um so my most anticipated i don't know um so I think I should start with my expansion because you okay. started with all your expansions. So my expansion yes. is the Windward expansion and big box. So Windward is a game that um, fulfilled this year that I backed on Kickstarter last year. And I've been really enjoying it. And Spencer also really enjoys this game. This is one of his picks for me to back on Kickstarter. There are a few of those that happen and... So I just felt like I needed to pick up the expansion and the big box so I could fit all my stuff in one box. But I'm probably not going to get rid of the box because I have a problem. Well, this is the one of the games that I didn't back 
consciously because I'm like, I don't need to own this as well. Kitty and Spencer own this. I can play it with Mm -hmm. them. I don't need to own this as well. And that's the only reason I didn't back this. (laughs) It's a really cool looking game. It has beautiful, beautiful pieces. It looks, I actually found the picture that Spencer made me take at Gen Con that year. And I'm like, oh yeah, I I remember that game. Kitty loves it right now. But I, I ended up not backing it either for the original or for the expansion, but you have it. So I don't need it. So that's, that's good. And I have all the things. (laughs) Yep. All right, Fletcher, what is the one that you're most looking forward to this year? (laughs) This joke's not going to get old. (laughs) It already is. (laughs) It started old. That's why it's not getting old. (laughs) Well, all right. So, Fletcher, I'm going to come up with something funny, but I I don't know. (laughs) I'm going to ask you that question again, but I want you to basically just kind of glance over our lists and see what you're excited for us to be backing. Um, And so, Kitty, I'll give you a minute to think about yours. There are, I think, three on my list that I'm super excited for. Like, I can't wait to get these. The first one was technically a campaign that started in 2019, but it ended in 2020. So I'm counting it. And that's Car (laughs) Wars 6th Edition. I've never played Car Wars. But this game looks like everything I love in a tabletop miniatures combat game. And that is to say, you construct your cars with basically not drafting but picking cards out of a deck so you're basic it's a very simple car construction method and you have a number of points pick your cards boom these are your weapons these are your crew these are your abilities whatever the case is and then drive around shooting at each other and it just looks amazing i can't wait this is a game where at least once a month since i backed it which was 13 months ago i have gone to the site and said, is there anything new? Is there anything new? Is there anything new? I have a spreadsheet of all the things that I ordered and wanted to add for the Kickstarter pledge. Like this one, uh, it's just, I'm super crazy psyched for it. Um, Honorable mention, Marvel United. I don't, the game is all right, but I can't wait to get all the rest of the miniatures. Uh, Let's see. Crokinole should actually be delivering fairly soon, but that is not one that I'm super, super crazy about. Um, Western Legends. So this game's actually been out for quite a while, and the third expansion just recently um, kickstarted. I have not played it, but the more I looked into it, the more I'm like, I want to play this. This is like an open world, sandboxy, like Western game, and I'm not big a big Western fan, but everything this game does just like oozes theme. So I'm super excited to look at that. Every time I go to the game store, I have to avoid picking up the base box because I'm like, I'm going to get it with my expansion. I don't need <laughs> it. I'm fine. Uh, Townsfolk Tussle is one that I just recently backed. This one looks, this is like cartoons. And uh, it, it's a cartoon. <laughs> <sighs> it's it's hard to describe. <laughs> like your cartoon you town go is- back to that week of... DTN, because a lot yeah. of these, if you listen to DTN, I'm very sorry, because you're just going to hear me and Chris talk yeah, about the same things, all of these things. Yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, Townsfolk Tussle, it's basically a, you have a cartoon town that's being attacked by these giant cartoon creatures. Uh, it's sort of a Kingdom Death Monster Light game in cartoon form. So I'm just like, all right. Like the monsters are controlled with that same AI type mechanic. And then the last one, it, well, there's... Uh, no, the last three that I backed are pretty exciting. So Bard Song, I'm I don't know. That one could be cool. Um, Creature Comforts, I'm really looking forward to that one as like how the action selection works. But the one that I'm really 
irrationally excited for is Harry Potter Catch the Snitch. I don't know why. No one else has been talking about this <laughs> game. It is. It just looks like and makes it really seem like cool. you have to find like the. I mean the snitch, but like it has a different connotation. Like who, who <laughs> added you out? Snitch. Catch the snitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> snitches get stitches. Huh. I could be totally rethemed that way, but it's just it's Quidditch. You're playing Quidditch, and it like the way that they turn this into a board game is just super. It just looks really, really, really interesting. So I'm I can't wait for that one. But yeah, Car Wars is my probably the number one anticipated though. All right, Kitty, what is your number one anticipated now that I've given you time? You really only have eight to choose from. Yeah, that's the problem is like I backed these all because I'm excited about all of them. I don't just back like, you know, uh, (laughs) I don't know why I backed this. I don't know how many times you'll say that about different games. Like, I'm not sure why I backed this, but I did. I chose all of these. So I'm going to start with one that is a little bit different than the rest of mine. And that is the seventh Citadel. And so I backed this one because this is one of the few games where you backed something and you played it without me. And I was so jealous. I was like, I feel like I missed out on this. It, I, I got total FOMO on this one because I missed out on Seventh Continent and I wanted to play it. And so I was like, well, here's my chance to do something that's supposed to be even better than the Seventh Continent. The Seventh Citadel looks so cool and I'm really excited about it. That's a good one. Like I said, it, I backed too many games. It is, <laughs> it is in the top quarter of the games I'm looking forward to. <laughs> but I've already played Seventh Continent, so I can't get super like psyched up about a game I've already, I know what it's gonna happen but i am super psyched up but i like yes, the idea but of this having is like the seventh continent it is a gigantic box of cards and they're all square shaped cards that kind of build together into a map type situation but this is a po- post-apocalyptic medieval fantasy world yeah so it's like and it dark fantasy very different very dark completely different in theme but the same similar mechanic but not the same and it is still fully cooperative and just yeah. like massive amounts of cards. <laughs> yeah. The core mechanics the same ish, um, except for there's more. Well, there's combat in this game, um, and that's so you're fighting monsters and stuff like that. But yeah, it looks awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, Fletcher. Okay. <laughs> um. So, Chris, I'll do one from your list first. So there's a there's Frosthaven. Um, I didn't even know that was a that was a thing. That seems really exciting because I <laughs> like Gloomhaven a lot, and uh, Frosthaven should be pretty cool. Frosthaven will be pretty cool. Uh, this is, I don't think it's a prequel. It's a different city, uh, but it yeah. might be a prequel. Uh, yeah, Frosthaven. See, this is why you need to take a look at Kickstarter because sometimes there's games that you're like, ah, oh, I should check this out. <laughs> yeah, but you can just tell me. It's easier. I, I can. If either of you listen to our other, well, Kitty and I's other podcast, I'm on it. Would know? I know, (laughs) but you still don't listen to it. it. (laughs) (laughs) I listen to the Kickstarter segment at least. (laughs) Yeah, Frosthaven is going to be one of those things that kind of shoots up to the top. Uh, This Frosthaven actually adds a lot more. There's a city building aspect to it. So Frosthaven is a small winterish town in the mountains someplace and as you play through you'll be building up the city 
as part of what you so you go out, yeah, do your little quest and come back and make the city better. So again, kind of that Kingdom Death monster-ish thing where you're trying to make the town better between every adventure. Um I did oh, Deck of Wonders. Uh Kitty actually found this one. I did. <laughs> and I'm like, this looks awesome. I must get this. Uh Deck of Wonders is a solo or you can do two two player co-op i think but it's basically a solo game where you construct your deck but the every card has a positive effect and a negative effect and it what triggers is based on whether or not you play the card or the enemy of the deck plays the card and i just think that that is such an interesting deck building mechanic where i'm like i want this this and this but oh man if i put that in there and the and the ai gets this that's going to screw me over. So maybe I don't, but maybe I do this one. Uh, I just, I'm really looking forward to that. And yeah, it was designed by a guy who has kids who's like, yeah, sometimes you just need to be able to play a game fast. So that's what I designed. (laughs) So I remember his video was very charming on the Kickstarter page. All right, Kitty, what's your next one? We're going to do a countdown for you because you, again, (laughs) you only have six games left. Um, so next up is Cascadia. This is a follow-up from Flat Out Games. Um, they made Calico, which fulfilled this year, which I really have been enjoying. And this looks pretty similar in that it is a tile-laying game and you are building shapes. But instead of making a quilt, which is in a confined area, you are building a wildlife habitat. And it is very freeform and it is much more flowy and can take up different space on the table. And you're trying to create different patterns and shapes to score most efficiently with your different types of wildlife habitats. And it just looks really fun. The art looks really cool. It's... um. Beth Sobel, who did um, some of the art for Wingspan and some other really beautiful games. And yeah. Apparently, it's not known that you like Calico. So John mentioned <laughs> in the chat that he, he wasn't sure that if you like that or not. <laughs> Kitty likes Calico. Hey, You've been outed. I like Calico. This will be probably, you know, maybe the last of four or five more times I mentioned it this episode only. So. <laughs> All right, Fletcher, what is your next one that you are interested in playing of Kitty and ours? Um, <laughs> so I feel bad taking one from Kitty's list because it's a lot shorter than, uh, than your list. <laughs> Go for it, though. It. <laughs> um, so I went to the bottom of the list and there's this game that's called Momiji. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes. So that's the one that I literally backed during this episode. Oh, really? <laughs> So yeah. I'm like reading about it and it actually looks pretty interesting. And the art on it actually looks you really You have 36 killer. hours to go. Do it. Do it, Fletcher. It's only $19. Oh, my God. Um, Join it's us. Very, it's super easy to sign up. <laughs> no, I have an account because I have backed something on Kickstarter before, like six years ago or not something. Not a game. No, yeah. Not a game. Um, Was it the mac and cheese guy? Did you back the mac and cheese guy? <laughs> no, I did not back the mac and cheese guy. It was an app. I said, uh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure it was egg salad, but yeah. It was yeah, never game. back software. Never back software on Kickstarter. Do, don't so, do it. I mean, the software, um, so quick aside from, <laughs> um, I got it. It worked. It was the one second every day app. It's still in the app oh, store. Yeah. It's still updated. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I backed that app and I got it. And he, and the guy was, I assume it's the guy. 
um he was like you know i'll hand out discount codes to everybody but it was like yeah no you, you couldn't do that because i think apple only gives you like a few hundred discount codes so he was like yeah. change of plan um i'm gonna release the app on this day and it's gonna be free on the first day and then i'm gonna change the price so everybody that you know got everybody that backed donated, it, backed it yeah. like download it on the first day and then i'm gonna change the price so I, I did and you know i got the app for free and everything and it was it was actually pretty buggy when it when it first launched but with <laughs> lots of updates he made it better um <laughs> i think that's the only thing i've ever backed on kickstarter um i've looked at other stuff but yeah I, i've decided so well we'll get into this later but this game looks fun. all right momiji <laughs> and the art looks pretty killer too yeah, this is a leaf collecting game. It is a kind of Japanese garden style set collection with a twist kind of a game where you're trying to stack your leaves up in um, ascending number order and you have more of the lower numbers than the higher numbers. So you have to choose when you want to start putting higher numbers on your piles because you the game ends when somebody finishes so many piles so you are kind of racing but you're also uh kind of just balancing how you can maximize your points it's pretty cool yeah honestly fletcher i think when i think of you and like games for you mostly i think about games that you potentially could get carmen to play about a little over half of all of Kitty's Kickstarter picks, I think, <laughs> fall into that category, where Carmen would enjoy playing it. And it's not necessarily because Kitty's interested in lighter games. It's, that's not it. It's just the the aesthetics of the games that she is drawn to, I think, are just very approachable. And it's easy I to get people like, into. I like beautiful or cute art. I like easy-to-learn rule sets with depth of play. And I think yeah. those are very appealing qualities to many people, not just me. No, 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 a hundred percent. Yeah, like I, yeah. I don't. Think, I mean, like Frosthaven looks amazing, but I'm like, Carmen would never play that with me. First of all, <laughs> right. we'd have to clear off the entire table. We have one table, and we have to clear it. <laughs> and then we have to set up this whole thing. And I'm like, okay, I know how to play Gloomhaven. I'm sure the rules are very similar, if not the same. Um, let me explain. Yeah. Let me read this ten page book to you. And remember some of them. Ten page? <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah, if you get the page. summary rules. Yeah. yeah. 30 page book to you. And something that she probably is not super ex- excited to play. It's like, okay, you're going to control this guy. And then you're going to go here. And then it's like, you have to kill these people. And she's like, I don't know. It doesn't sound like something yeah. that she'd be super into. No. And, which is totally fine. Like, yeah. honestly... I there's nothing I'm half the game not half the games but several of the games that Kitty has mentioned over the last year I have backed and she has not because I'm like okay yeah. that's cool you know <laughs> Deck of Wonders is is one of those games where I'm like oh yeah that's, like I need this um there's one game that I think I found that Kitty backed and that's Canvas yes and Canvas is I think this is just a super approachable game in general um. It's not, I don't have the page in front of me right now. So, Kitty, I'm going to make you describe what Canvas is. <laughs> so, Canvas is a game where you are layering transparent cards to create unique illustrations. It is a spatial puzzle game for one to five players. I do have the page in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, this one is they're like tarot-sized transparent cards with different layers of a painting on them 
is sort of how I would describe it. So yeah. um, you are trying to build a painting by layering up these cards and they have different uh like um it, there's different like, levels scoring. on the bottom yeah there's different scoring yeah. mechanics that go on the bottom of the card and you want to try to maximize your score but it's also creating a beautiful painting as you stack them right and it's just it looks so cool and again one of those games that's easily approachable by anybody but that's still it's not just aesthetics it's not like a dixit where it's an abstract pick your favorite painting or anything like that there's actually strategy to how you layer these things and score points and you happen to end up with something beautiful <laughs> yeah yeah and like no matter how you layer it it's gonna look cool it looks really cool so i'm super excited for that these components look so neat and it's like i just I don't even think I knew very much about the gameplay when I backed it. This is one of these few choices that I made where I was just like, I saw it and I wanted it. And if you want it too, you can still late pledge on this one. There's a late pledge now button still available. So Yeah. And that's one of the things, if you've never backed Kickstarter, uh, you're missing out. (laughs) (laughs) Are you? So I will say... I think I backed less games this year than I did the year previous because for the first six months of the year or so, we were not doing a weekly podcast where we talked about Kickstarters. <laughs> yeah. But so and that's actually a good segue. So we're not just gonna talk about Kickstarter games. We're gonna we're gonna get one more from Fletcher, but he's still browsing over the the list. Um <laughs> I did want to look at Kickstarter as as 2020 as a whole. So we talked a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago on 2020 games. There were less than half of the previous year of games released in 2020. And obviously, pandemic had a lot to do with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, presumably. I think publishers in general are trying to scale back a little bit because just too many games waters down everything. And it makes it very high risk when you have so many. But Kickstarter never slowed down. There was no yeah. dip in Kickstarter funding. And if anything, it went up because you had all these people who weren't able to buy games from their local flags or even online or the games just didn't get released. And so they went to Kickstarter and backed things on Kickstarter. I also think, you know, there's been a lot of people who have had more time at home, people who were commuting to the office, who now have an extra hour and a half, sometimes two hours a day, who are thinking, I'm going to use this time to make something. So I, I think there are more people trying to, you know, make something good out of this situation yeah. and putting their passion up onto Kickstarter. Yeah. So I was, I mean, I was really impressed this year with all the Kickstarters that came out. Like I said, I backed more this year than I did last year. I think last year I was on my one a week kick. And I thought last year you did your 10 games only. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Last year was 10 games only. And I did 10 games and 10 expansions. This year I did yeah. 24 games and 11 expansions. The two others were I backed the Stargate role-playing game that has its fifth edition rule set for Stargate. I just love Stargate. And the art for this game looked really, really great. And then Enigmas, which is another game that Kitty pointed me to, <laughs> which I don't count as a game because it's really just a deck of cards. And there's four additional cards in there that are like a puzzle that are figure this out to, you know. Um, yeah. So those are That's my two cool. others. Yeah. Those are both pretty cool. I and, didn't and back it though, so have. you'll have to tell me. <laughs> I I backed it for two decks. So if I ever see you again, um, I have a deck. Oh, for then you. forget it. 
So, but yeah, and like I said, uh, Kickstarter did not slow down this year. There was there was no blips. There was no bumps. There was it just that's where gamer money went, and it did mm-hmm. very well. We don't hear Kickstarter numbers until I think late January. So once I see those numbers, I might you know revisit as how much it did. But uh, it did a great job. So Fletcher, yeah, from our perspective as close watchers of Kickstarter, it didn't feel different this year. No. Yeah, December was still a little slow, but still I was able to find something every week. So, <laughs> and I didn't even bother this week because ISS Vanguard just kind of overshadowed everything, um, which is something that Fletcher needs to back. And hopefully by the end of the episode, he'll have done that. <laughs> so Fletcher, what is the next game that you're looking forward to? And then you're going to tell us why you don't use Kickstarter. Okay, so the next game that I kind of I was sorting through the, your list, Chris, and uh, trying to find one that seemed interesting. One that stuck out to me <laughs> so hard was uh, Car Wars Six Edition. Yep, uh, this to me looks like a miniatures kind of like battle game, kind of. Yep, uh, it actually looks pretty fun. It looks like a game that I used to play uh, when I was in college. Uh, Pirates of the Spanish Main. I think I talked about it before, but it was um, you'd buy these card packs and you would actually assemble like these little ships um in the card pack so it was a little bit like magic the gathering you kind of like a slot machine effect you didn't know what kind of ships you were going to get and what kind of like captains you would get and then you would assemble these little kind of tiny ships some of them would be small some of them would be like kind of big which was you know really cool um and then you'd use whatever surface you want and then you would move these ships around and like battle and like go to islands and find stuff it was what is the name of this game pirates of the spanish main Apparently, it was by Wiz Kids, so says John. Terrence mm-hmm. seconds your thing that, that was amazing. Um, I love this, Wish, Wiz Kids. <laughs> yeah, Wiz Kids is great. This is not random. Um, this is you get all the cards and you just kind of build with a number of points. But after that, it's like, yeah, you're you're mo- running your card around trying to destroy you know your opponent's car. Um, this is I, so cool looking. <laughs> yeah. I just I can't wait. I can't wait to play this. It I can't wait until Twisted Metal, like the the video game if any anybody ever played that which yeah. i totally loved yeah well it is in sixth edition car wars has existed for probably as long as i've almost as long as i've been alive i think it was the early 80s that the first version of car wars came out so it's been around for a while so tell us why do you avoid kickstarter why do you hate kickstarter why do you hate the game industry <laughs> don't hate kickstarter <laughs> it's just not for me it was me. first published in 1980 1980. So yeah, I was six years old. Man, I'm old. Um, uh, why is it not for you? So there's a few reasons why I think it's not for me. Like one, if I'm interested in a game, I kind of want to play it. Or if I want to buy it, like I want to get it right away. Not a year from now or, you know, shruggy emoji. Like who knows when <laughs> they're going to get this game, right? Also, I don't want to have the project fail. I don't want to put money in and have the project fail. I know that like, that may not happen a lot, but it's still a possibility. Um, also, I want the game to be good as opposed to something that just looks interesting or looks good. And I know that, you know, there'll be like reviews and stuff that come out. But maybe sometimes if you back a game before reviews come out and then reviews come out later because they get like pre-release editions and then it's like, oh, but I already backed this game. I don't. Can you can you unback a game? Is that a, is that a thing that you can do? Uh, not once the Kickstarter is. Well, some companies will allow you to cancel your pledge, but it's up to the company. You can cancel a pledge as long as the campaign hasn't ended, though. So you can be like, nope, I don't want to do this and back out. Okay. Um, there seem, it seems to be like, you know, 
when I was looking at the Kickstarter pledges and also for like ISIS Vanguard, they all say like pretty much the same thing. I'm going to scroll to the top of ISIS Vanguard. Uh, why back now? First thing, be a part of the journey. Like, you know, be like be a member of the crew. Like you can be a part of this movement. I don't care. <laughs> I, <laughs> I want a good game. I don't need to I don't need to join your revolution. Number two, get more at a great price. Okay, fair enough. You're getting it at a discounted price, but that comes with increased risk of like maybe this game isn't good or maybe it falls through. Uh, I'm happy to pay a higher price for a guaranteed product at a later point in time. Um, number three, get it first. That's just all FOMO. Like, yeah, <laughs> get it first. So to me, like the first three reasons that they have here and a lot of the other Kickstarters that I looked at, it's like, why back now? They pretty much echo these same three reasons. It's FOMO, save some money, and be a part of our team. Um, I'm happy to be a part of your team at the full retail price when I can pick it up at Target or my local game store. Um, I don't care about getting it first. I care about getting it good. Um, and I'm happy to pay a higher price uh, later on for the full release version. So I will give you my pitch on Kickstarter, which is super different from Chris's because Chris's is buy into FOMO. You don't want to miss out on this, which I don't think is a good reason. Um, the reason that I back games on Kickstarter is a lot of the companies and games I'm backing are much smaller projects than what Chris is going in for. And these are games that I feel like I can see much more like individual care and craft. And these are smaller teams that might not be able to make it to retail without Kickstarter and that might not ever get to retail. Your only chance to get this game might be on Kickstarter because you need to have the people who want it need are going to be the only ones who get it. There's going to be a small print run. It's never going to make it outside of this, but it's going to be somebody's dream come into reality. I mean, and that's pretty you know, much I want to be a part of that. FOMO is what you just said. <laughs> no, she's no, it's very different. Is FOMO all... is like, I want to get all of the Kickstarter exclusive minis from Simon. What I'm saying is you want to get it now. Of... You might not ever get it. That's fear of missing out. No, I'm saying like this little this little company isn't going to make it and I want to support this person into making it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, I, that's fair. Of I don't think out. it's FOMO. I don't think that's FOMO. I don't think it's I think, FOMO. I literally think it's, it's the other one where it's literally, she wants to be part of the journey because if she wasn't yes. part of the journey, the journey may not happen. And that's a real thing, yeah. especially for a lot of these small <laughs> games is uh, when you watch some of these Kickstarter videos, like, you know, I go back to deck of wonders again, this is just a guy who made a game that he wanted to play. Yeah. And it's not going to get published if people don't help him get it published. And that feeling yeah. by itself is oftentimes worth backing some of these games. Not not all the games, but some of these games. Yeah, I'll throw $20 to back a game that maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. Either way, it's making someone's dream come true, and that's a good feeling. And I like to back the kinds of games I want to see more of because it's like showing that there's market value to this kind of game yeah now austin does mention that the get it first isn't always a real promise um because there have been plenty of kickstarters where you know it's gone to retail first i would say that (laughs) the percentage of kickstarters that end up going to resale first are in the less than five percent um it is super super rare and anytime it does happen um, because it happened a couple of times early on. And I think people Gloomhaven, got it happened too, right? Because I remember some... People- no, no, no. 
No, Gloomhaven, you could only get it through Kickstarter. And then the second campaign, um, because there were so many that were being sent out, and it was also being sent to distributors at the same time, it depended on just where you were, whether or not you got it before retail. But if you backed it, if you backed Gloomhaven originally, you got it before everyone else about a year ahead of time. And everyone else was like, oh, man, I just want to spend $800 to buy this game. Um, <laughs> it was, it, I mean, it, that was a big thing. And it, that's one of those games. Another one was like some of the Simon games are kind of the same way where if you missed out on it, you'll never get all of the stuff without spending crazy amounts of money. That's your FOMO stuff. Well, I don't Simon, <laughs> yeah, Simon works on FOMO more than that. Gloomhaven was just yeah. a surprise hit. No one even knew. Yeah. Like no one had any idea. Um I don't know why do I back on Kickstarter. FOMO. Part of it, part of it is FOMO. A hundred percent. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Part of it. Some of them are FOMO. Uh, Darkest Dungeon. I backed that. I don't think I will ever play this game. I don't like the game. I look at the game. I'm like, it doesn't look <laughs> compelling to me in any way, shape, or form. But it raised like four Take million dollars. Yeah. Like I mean, four million dollars. Like, what am I missing here? What if this is the most amazing game ever and I don't have it or I'm not going to have all the pieces? That's 100% of FOMO backing. And I could probably go through and probably half the games on this list are FOMO backings. Um, Bard Songs is probably another one. I don't know that I'm going to have the time to play that game, but it looks really cool. And if it is really cool, I don't want to not have it backed. That's not a good reason to back games. I wouldn't ever suggest anyone do that. For something like Car Wars, it's less than half the retail price to back it. And for me, and especially for that particular one, I've like watched every video I could and looked everything I I could on it. Um, I wanted, I want this game. I want this game badly, and I'm getting it at a a decent discount. Uh, John asked, "What is FOMO? FOMO is F O M O, fear of missing out. So essentially, I'm going to back this because if I don't back it, someone else is going to back it, and they're going to have it, and I'm not going to have it. But really, only if it's awesome. Because if it's not awesome, then you just backed it and you spent a lot of money on." crap and i've done that a lot i have a lot of kickstarters i've backed and then that's called buyer's remorse (laughs) sure but the thing is you don't get a lot of buyer's remorse on kickstarter because of what your other said is that instant gratification isn't there so you forget you spent the money you don't get the product until a year later at that point the money's gone you're not even really thinking about it you just get the game and like oh yeah this game cool i'm gonna put it on my shelf it's hard to get excited for games that come a year later. So, Chris, I know this might be hard for you to do because um, you have so many games to go through. But I'm curious if you can just kind of like make some guesses here, uh, open a couple of these and see what do you think is the smallest number of backers in a game that you backed <laughs> and the highest number of backers in a game that you backed? Uh um, well, we'd have to actually go through each one of these to find the right answer to it. But <laughs> I would say the highest number of backers are probably in the 30,000 range. And if I had to guess, I would say Marvel United, Seventh Citadel, um, and Darkest Dungeon would be the contenders for that. Maybe the Terraforming Mars expansion as well, but th- that's an expansion, not a, a net new game. So that was where I so would go. So Seventh Citadel is uh, 33,000, and that is by far the highest number of backers in a game that I backed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, I would, would be interested if you're looking at these, look at Marvel United and then take a look at um, Darkest Dungeon as well. And then as far as the low end 
backers for games that I have backed. Your, yours are a lot easier. Uh, yeah. Possibly Canvas. Um, I don't even know. I, I could go through and like, I don't remember this game at all, but. What's Canvas? Um, Canvas is probably around, if I was going to guess, I'd say maybe 1500, 2000. Again, I have no idea. I haven't looked at these pages in forever. Is that Canvas you said? Yeah. Canvas is 16,000. 16. Wow. All right. Great. Good. I pick good games. Um, Car Wars is at (laughs) 3,900. Star Star Wars? Car Wars. Car Wars. Car Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Car Wars is kind of a niche game. What about Deck of Wonders? That one seems like that could be. A, oh yeah, it's that's a me pick, so probably. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone I, listen to me type. <laughs> I know. Well, as you're looking at that, I can tell you. So based on Fletcher's three things that he just mentioned, FOMO, getting it first and getting it cheaper, I can go through this and tell you. I'm just gonna go down my list and say one of those three things and which one was most likely. Um, so Car Wars I already mentioned getting it cheaper. Deep Space D6. I have no idea what this game is. I I. I have no idea. So the only thing it could be is FOMO. Um, Oath, FOMO. Uh, the game looks interesting. It's done by the same people who did Root, but definitely FOMO. Marvel United, that is that is getting it cheaper and getting things that I wouldn't be able to get anyplace else. This is a bunch of chibi Marvel characters, which are just adorable, and you really can only get them through the Kickstarter. So that I'm going to call cheap um, because I never expected the game to be something that was amazing. I got it for the miniatures. Frosthaven was to get it cheaper. Um I probably won't play the game right away. That's probably a save it game. Um, but yeah, Canvas, I don't think Canvas really applies in anything because it was so cheap and it just was adorable. So I, I, I don't know. Ankh, God of Egypt, that is a FOMO because if it's anywhere near as good as Blood Rage or um, Rising Sun, then I have to have it. And if I don't back it, I don't get everything. Oh my God, what am I going to do with my life? Uh, Tiny Epic Pirates, I just get that because I love all of the Tiny Epic box sizes. Uh, Crokinole, I got that because I should play Crokinole. I never have. Roleplayer Adventures, super excited about this game. Not FOMO. I just like Roleplayer. I like that world, and Roleplayer Adventure looks amazing. Intrepid, I have no idea what it is. I, I, that has to be FOMO. Quest on <laughs> an Avalon Deluxe, this is um, basically just another version of the resistance and that's a game FOMO. he already has like yeah. a million kinds I owe of several yeah. times already like that's basically just fomo western legends i'm really looking forward to this one this is just because it's cheaper deck of wonders i'm looking forward to that one seven citadel that's a fomo one honestly because if it's great awesome i own it i own everything if it's not great no eh, too bad but it's going to be great but it's still i got it for fomo um Agropolis, uh, Agropolis. I got this because this has just been in rave reviews. It's a solo game. It's a solo mini game, which um, just looks super cool. High Rise, the Ultra Plastic Edition, FOMO. It's gotten good reviews, but I got it because, hey, look at all the stuff and I want all the stuff. Darkest Dungeon, I already mentioned. Project L, this is, oh, yeah, this is probably a FOMO too. It looks really cool. Townsfolk Tussle, this one I'm really interested in. So this is not FOMO. This is just, it looks awesome. Veiled Fate. FOMO, Bard Song, FOMO, Catch the Snitch, this one looks awesome. Creature Comforts, that one looks awesome. So yeah, there but you when go. you say it looks awesome, like it looks, but why are you buying it on Kickstarter? Um, well, why am I buying Catch the Snitch because it's cheaper, Creature Comforts because it's cheaper. A Creature Comforts probably because it's cheaper and I just want to support the publisher. They make really cool, interesting games. Um, okay. That's part and, of the journey. You want to be part of the team. Yeah, it's part of the journey. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these games, if you don't get them on Kickstarter, you will never get them. So not all of the games advertise Kickstarter exclusive, 
but many of the games will not go to retail. Right. And especially for the smaller print run games. Uh, Sure, sure, yeah. I guess that... See, I think there's, like, real FOMO, and then there's, like, the monetized, like, false FOMO. Like, so there's all the CMON games, like, bank on FOMO of, like, you need to get the Kickstarter exclusives. And that feels somehow, like, a little bit disingenuous to me and that's the kind of FOMO that I'm like Ugh, I don't want to back something just for that but then there's like the genuine like if I don't back this I might never see it yeah to me that's and that fun. I that's really FOMO. it's but it feels different do you understand yeah. like why I'm like I'm not doing this out of FOMO because I'm gonna have like I'm not I mean what because like know. the what the you're tag saying, what I'm FOMO. Saying, like, like, I understand it feels different, but you're saying, like, if I don't back this now, it might ever, it might mm-hmm. never go to retail. And to me, that's fear of missing out. If I don't yes, back it now, that, I won't so be able to get it I'm later. literally fearing <laughs> missing out, but I am not... The way that FOMO is used in, like, gamer terms, it is much more the... I'm going to have to go on eBay and spend more money to complete my collection. And yeah, that the, is what FOMO means to a lot of people. That's not what I fear. Yeah, I, I fear definitely think actual, there's... I have real FOMO. <laughs> yeah, there's two things here. When you normally refer to FOMO, it is it is about someone else having something you don't have. When you're looking at, if I don't back this, this game's not going to exist, that's not FOMO. That is, I want this game to exist. It is it is the journey. It is being part of that journey. Like I don't because, think Because well, Chris's smallest but game, I think, has four four thousand people who backed it. And it's um and most of his games have five thousand or more easy, some of them fifteen thousand, thirty thousand, no problem. Two of the games I backed have less than two hundred and fifty backers. Right. Well, I mean, there's some of them on Kickstarter that's like this person has not yet met their goal. And you can back them to help, oh, yeah. them to help them reach their goal, right? So yeah. that's like, I want to be part uh-huh. of the journey and maybe also a little bit of FOMO. Who knows? But it's like, I want to help these people out. Then there's other games yeah. that have already met their goal. So the game is going to get made. They will meet their goal within the first like hour of that. Right. But then you join in, not because you, like, it may be because you want to help them, but the game is getting made. But there could be And more that is of- where my argument of should games be on Kickstarter cannot come back out of the vault right no yeah so we're not gonna we're not gonna go down that road uh we're getting close to it i will say this and and i think this is something that kitty and i both agree on i think the general gaming community agrees on kickstarter has made this hobby better yes by far if you look at the top you know 100 games a significant portion of those would have never been made if not for kickstarter now does that Say, mean that every game on Kickstarter is great? No, most games are not great. But what Kickstarter can do and what it does do for our hobby is significant. So like Frosthaven. Frosthaven's a safe bet. It's going to get made. You know what the gameplay is. You know it's just more of something you already like. There's no reason not to back this game. You're also saving $40 off the retail price and you're going to get it before everyone else. You know all of those things because Supplefair is a proven entity. That is going to happen. So, yes, maybe, you know, 22 of the 24 games I bought are, yeah, you know, why am I backing that? But a couple of them are, I'm backing it because this is just a pre-order to that company, and I'm going to buy this game regardless. And I'm going to get it cheaper, and I'm going to get more stuff if I do it through Kickstarter. So, 
I agree, Fletcher, that many of your arguments are true for most Kickstarter games. It's not true for every Kickstarter game. Some of these mm-hmm. things are literally, to you know, Kitty's chagrin, a pre-order platform for a proven company that you know is going to deliver. And those are the type of games that you should stick to if you are like, well, I do like, you know, Blood Rage. And Ox sounds amazing. It's like a Blood Rage by the same designer. And I do want all this extra stuff for free. So maybe I should buy it through Kickstarter. Because if I buy it in retail, I'm going to get a fraction of the product for the same price that I could have got it on Kickstarter. Now, is that FOMO? Maybe. Sure. But it's also a proven company and a proven designer. And you have a very small chance of that FOMO not working out for you in the long run. Now, go back ISS Vanguard because it's going to be cheaper there. You're going to get a lot more stuff. (laughs) And that game is amazing. Or at least it looks amazing from everything I've read and seen. And now watched. you should back Momiji because oh, I closed it. Shoot, <laughs> um, <laughs> Momiji. It's gonna be um, a much more approachable and probably will fill faster. Um, I'm trying to type and talk at the same time, and it's not working for me. <laughs> no. Well, I will say while you're typing, another side effect to Kickstarter that's awesome is randomly getting games delivered. That you weren't expecting. Yeah, it's like Christmas, but, you know, random random. time. (laughs) Yeah, just random. Just any old time. You could just have a game show up. You're like, oh, wow, cool. Right. Yeah, but you have Um, to get the pipeline going for that, right? You have to, like, back enough games over enough time. And then you just have, like, this pipeline of games that just show up to your door. Well, in all honesty, a lot of it is is random anyway. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, I will will say Momiji has under 2,000 backers and um yeah but of i back a lot of really small weird projects and i have only had one game that hasn't showed up all of my games that i have ever backed bar one game have fulfilled yeah i will say and that i still have faith that that might show up one day i don't yeah. know <laughs> it is incredibly uncommon that a board game kickstarter fails and that's why when mm-hmm. they do fail you hear all about them it's news um, because yeah. it's yeah, it is so very rare. Now, a, many games, many Kickstarter projects in general are delayed forever. But um, my f- two failed Kickstarters were not build ga- board games. Like two Kickstarters that I backed mm-hmm. and they were never delivered on were ha- were not related to games at all. Once I started backing games, I'm like, okay, I'm safe. Um, <laughs> but it there have been games that have been like two you know years delayed. John just mentioned there's one that's like five years, um, but like they're trying to get the game made. That is, it's just a passionate group of people. Like they want to get this made. And most of the time, Kickstarters are losing money. Hopefully they break even, but it's, it's few and far between that you get that gloom haven where it's like, Oh, look, now I'm rich. But all right. So I will say since we haven't actually, I only have seven games and I haven't said all of their titles. So I backed canvas, sea of plunder, flourish, the seventh citadel, Cascadia, windward, the expansion in big box, Macaron and Momiji. Yep. And I think I've mentioned now all I'm of happy. mine. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so this has gone long. So we're going to end this. And then after the credits, we're going to talk about lawful good. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. If you'd like to follow us on social media, the links for Facebook and Twitter are in our show notes. Show notes. Want to watch us record live? You can find the link for that in our show notes, too. Comments or questions? Email us at feedback at Tabletop Game Oh, I can't read. <laughs> we do this live every week. So. <laughs> I don't know why. 
Comments or questions, email us at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. If you'd like to be one of these wonderful people, you can find out how by visiting our website, tabletopgametalk.com, and clicking the support us link. And there's a note in this there's a link in the show notes too. <laughs> now someone else is gonna read. <laughs> Finally, a huge thank you to our current patrons. Adam Harrison, Miles DeDrew Clark, The Gift of Games, Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Jeremy Fisher, Terrence Milner, Sean Peck, Christopher Dong, Jennifer Engelbrecht, Brian Arnold, Michael Yanikowski, David Sellers, David Radke, Jason Marks, Ann Reynolds, Christopher Letgo, Stephen Judd, Leanne Verholst, Joe Rackstad, Weatherman Keith, Paul Raymer, Jimothy, Ben Gary, Matthew Drope, David Rank, Christopher Comstock, Jerry Wong, C. Marie, Justin Willard, Jason Rodney, Cindy Lum, Eric Hoffman, Adrian Dog, Faz Flintham, Eric Selander, Glenn Cotter, John Williams, Sir Sully, Sean P. Kelly, Kelly, sorry, <laughs> Mike Smith, Caleb O'Brien, Don Gilstrap, Aaron Moore, Ron Nelson, Agnes Toth, Charles Pearson, Jesse Wheeler, and Ronald Roy. And thank you to everyone who's ever been a patron, and anyone who's going to become a patron. Really, you're my favorite. Uh, no, all of my people are my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week, keep playing games and having fun. All right, so our D&D recap. Um, I don't remember a lot of the campaign, but we had a a interesting discussion <laughs> on D&D alignment at the beginning of the thing. And I'm curious to get... Because our DM doesn't think that chaotic evil monsters are all chaotic and evil. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, so here's the question to the audience, and I would love to see emails on this. Is killing something that is evil, even if it is not of any threat at the moment or possibly even a child of an evil race at the at that moment is killing evil inherently good my argument is no it is not just because something is evil i don't think the argument was being good that, to kill it. that I don't, that's not the argument chris i don't think that was the argument that anyone was making the argument was not that killing evil makes you good it's that killing evil doesn't not or killing a helpless evil creature doesn't make you bad it doesn't make you good Do, would no, a lawful but it doesn't good make- what i'm saying is would a lawful good character kill a helpless evil creature possibly in a dungeon where they had been sent to, to kill, kill the evil creatures <laughs> to kill these creatures <laughs> that was the task they were assigned by the NPC who sent them on the quest. Well, uh, technically speaking, orcs, yes, but the troglodytes were not. They were just, you just literally barged into their home and started slaying them. Uh, um, they attacked first. They attacked us first. <laughs> you attacked, you broke into their home. <laughs> their chaotic evil home where their <laughs> scouting party right outside of their chaotic evil door tried to kill us. Um. Yeah. So that's that's really the question. I do not feel, and actually, I ended up googling this, googling this later. Um. I think one of the best things I said or saw was essentially killing evil doesn't make you good. Period. And mm-hmm. no, that's true. We agree. No character could call themselves good killing innocents, regardless of the alignment. Like you just, so, it's not a good act. Now, the, the situation right, we're in innocent. was that we were in a troglodyte nest. Yes. And if you read the first 
descriptor of the troglodyte race is any troglodyte, a chaotic evil creature, will try to kill anyone with bite, tooth, and claw. That's their, and so, you know, sure, if you're not playing them that way as the DM, that's, but, you know, we are, as players are primed to think of these creatures as evil okay. and All bad. Right. All right. Let's go more specific, but because I think the <laughs> listeners are on your side and they shouldn't be yet. The situation actually happened where you broke into the troglodyte nest. Troglodytes are these fish people. And you, you say, stumbled like, upon- we broke in, which is. Which is true, and you say it's their home, <laughs> which is true, but it's not like we knew that. It's not like they said, well, like, sure. this is, it's not like it said, like, welcome home. Okay. They didn't said, like welcome home a welcome mat. Yeah. <laughs> that's, not the part that's, that's not the part that's bad yet. Stumbling across the nursery with baby troglodytes in the back and slaying all the mother troglodytes, even that's fine. Who tried to they kill were us. Attacking us. Yes. Yeah. Even then, that's fine. They were attacking you. That, even that was fine. Okay, you're adventurers. That's that's what murder hobos do. But then when I'm like, there are cowering tra- baby troglodytes in the back and the lawful good paladin says, we kill them. That is not good. No matter how you measure it. So we that is should not let the good. babies starve to death without caregivers. Where is the troglodyte <laughs> orphanage I'm supposed to be dropping them <laughs> off at, Chris? That's my question. You know, if you had that debate, if you had that conversation, if you thought anything okay, more than to be fair, I also, want to kill it babies. Was 1130. <laughs> we didn't say I want to kill the babies or I delight in killing the babies. We didn't discuss motivations for killing the babies <laughs> at all. All. <laughs> I we think Spencer said, I delight said, in killing the babies. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, if they are troglodyte babies, they should have been trying to kill and eat us. Even as babies, they are evil monsters that need to be killed. <laughs> but you don't, they don't know stop, that. Like, yes, they do. What? They're troglodytes. They're chaotic, evil creatures. <laughs> sorry, That's what their character them, like, description Einstein says. That we didn't know about was Stephen Hawking no, among no, no. them. <laughs> what I'm saying is, you're bringing player knowledge to your character. So your player, the player may know. My character knows what a troglodyte is. My character probably knows more about troglodytes than I do. She has a super (laughs) high history score. (laughs) And this is why you should play D&D. Because you could have these kind of debates on moral (laughs) and ethical quandaries. Yeah. Um, Spencer is texting me because he can hear us discussing this again from upstairs. And he (laughs) says, even if those babies aren't threats, they will inevitably grow into one. Yes. But it is still not good. Like killing baby Hitler is still an evil act. Would it do ultimately Baby good Hitler in the long run? is not a like but if you, what is the alignment of a human? Oh wait, we don't have alignments. <laughs> We're not born good or evil. Free will is a thing. It life is not D and D. And that's where I started this discussion was okay, so if we are going to play moral quandary D and D, that's fine. We just need to know that up front. But in traditional D and D, which is not what everyone plays now, and I totally get that, but like there are good and evil creatures, and being good means I kill the evil. Like, that's just <laughs> what it was, and it's not always that anymore. But there are still people who play that way, and there are still dungeons designed I, that I way. I like being John, good. It John doesn't brought take up away the- from your goodness by killing evil creatures, because killing evil doesn't make you oh, good, I, I, but it doesn't I 100%, take away from it. John Spencer actually brought up this exact same situation. What would you do if you found a nest of mice in your house? Except he said rats and you would kill them. And if you didn't kill them, you just let them out of your house and they got into your neighbor's house and ruined all of your neighbor's food. Does that make you bad for letting them live? 
Yes. <laughs> no, I don't think it does. But if your difference- neighbor starves to death because you didn't kill a I- bad and awful pest, I'll, then all yeah, I'm you're bad. Is, <laughs> all I'm saying is doing an evil thing is still evil, regardless of what you're doing it to. So it's not, but okay, you're you're uh, you're, you're saying you're, that murdering smuggling evil creatures smuggling is evil. Into evil. The act. Yeah, we didn't murder innocent babies. We exterminated an <laughs> evil pest. Yeah, <laughs> an intelligent species of baby evil creatures that would have tried to murder us. Oh, we took our long rest next to these troglodyte well, babies. The they would have tried is- to eat us. The funny thing is, I didn't write this adventure. I am running the adventure as written. Like, all these things are in the adventure. And I I was I was shocked when you decide to just, without even a second thought, we kill all the babies. I And again, 100%, that is fine for adventurers to do. All I'm saying is, it is a not a lawful good thing. In no I'm not a lawful good character. You can take this up with Spencer again, but 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 I'm not not part of this argument. I am chaotic. Uh, uh, It's so far as a good game. Although I am curious what's going to happen with you guys. We're playing tomorrow. Um, Yeah. This might be the shortest Wednesday. Is it tomorrow or Wednesday? No, it's tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yep. Oh. Tuesday night. Oh, good. That makes my life easier. I thought it was Wednesday. Nope. I was Um, very tired. (laughs) But yeah, all right, so this episode is just way too long right now. But hopefully people stop listening (laughs) once we started talking about alignment because this is the fun part. (laughs) All right, I'm done. (laughs) Bye.